Welcome everybody to the Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me this morning is a man who thankfully has not choked on a chorizo, Jacob. Hola. Your Spanish is better than mine. <laughs> a little bit. Thank you very much. And I'd like to inter- introduce our co-host, a man who is just trying to get out of the land of the dead. Welcome, Drew. How's it going, man? Man, I'm doing very well. It has been a... It's been a fun week. It's been, well, I can't say it's been a fun week. We're recording on, we're recording on, tu- recording on Tuesday afternoon. Yes. This is coming out on Saturday. It's what? literally been four days since the episode that came out. We recorded the episode that came out this morning. Yes. Which was just a short little thing. It's not even a full episode. Yeah. Though it's as long as most people's podcasts. That is true. I'm doing good. Doing good. Doing great. Uh, I finished watching a... Uh, watching. Reading. Reading a really good uh, graphic novel called mm-hmm. Danger Girl from Jason Campbell. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. Okay. And I'd owned, owned this for probably a couple of years. Now, granted, I'm a very visual person. I don't read that much, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because I have a reading disorder. Too much, it's really hard to read. I feel for you. Uh, I don't have the problem, but I feel for you. Yeah. So, Bill, I finally got involved. Be like, okay, what is the story about? So I read it, and so it took me a little bit longer because for normal comics, I can just blaze through. This one was mm-hmm. a little more involved, heavy, involved and heavier. And it's a great story. It's an amazing story because it's literally. Uh, action movies, James Bond, hot girls, and guns in action. That's all, all right. it is. And it's really good. It's a really, really good graphic novel. It's called Danger Girl. And so if you're interested in buying it, you know, go to your local comic book shop or Barnes Noble or Amazon. They're relatively easy to pick up. Yeah, I would assume. Yep. Other than that, it's uh, drawing. Uh, a friend of mine just got back from the Germany mission trip. Mm-hmm. They get back today on Tuesday, and uh, I'm really excited because I've got a a uh, painting picture that I did for him. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, you've seen it, and I think a few people, others have seen it, and I'm really excited for him to you know get this because it 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 kind of represents our our kind of a goofy relationship <laughs> as friends. Are you saying he's the Shaggy to your Scooby? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. And that, that's a whole is, interesting story beyond belief. Is there a Fred, a Daphne, and a Velma? No. Okay, that's no. disappointing. No. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be kind of funny, but I'm not going there. <laughs> probably not a wise idea. No, probably not. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, today's going pretty good. Work was good. Uh, got off work. I uh, found myself getting a little bit frustrated about, you know, such, you know situation out of my hands, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you do about that? You really can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, except, you know, just continue to be diligent about your work and pray about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, life's pretty good. How about yours? Oh, my life. It's my... Nyarf, nyarf, nyarf. My week's been pretty good. Uh, I am about a stone's throw away from... Beating the MS, the current MSQ of Final Fantasy XIV, except the first boss of the last dungeon wiped the floor with me three times. <laughs> so I decided, 
instead of being stressed out over a silly video game that even no matter how much I enjoyed, I decided I was going to stop for the night. Uh, <laughs> darn you, you dungeon master! It's really it's really horrible to die to a monster called the First Beast. The First Beast? Okay. It's like dying to a gnat. Except this is at level 80. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> The mechanics are tough. It's, okay, I got you. I, I, I'm not laughing about that. I'm just laughing about how you say it. It's one of those just like, that's why I stopped. Because you had yeah. that first, I was like, I thought I was going to beat this tonight. This is the first boss. If this is the first boss, how bad are the other two going to be? Misa in trouble. And the me- I just couldn't get the mechanics down. Yeah. I was about ready to throw my keyboard and mouse... Across the room. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> like, since I use those for the computer I'd edit and record the podcast on, I thought, probably not a good idea to do that. So no. before I blew my top, I just told the guys, look, I'm a, I'm at my breaking point. Y'all have a good time. Sign. Abandon duty. <laughs> <laughs> Then tell the FC, I'm about to go crazy, so before my blood pressure spikes, I'm shutting the game off. I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> and I destroy something, so good night, gentlemen. Yeah. Click. And then I watched YouTube for two hours. <laughs> I watched people playing Mario Maker levels. Oh, okay. Fun. Yes. Speaking of Mario Maker levels, it occurred to me, I never posted that uh, level, a course ID, yeah. on Facebook. So before I forget, I'm just going to go ahead and read it out here. Yeah. So, so that... So get your pens out, Deep and into the future when someone somehow resurrected the Mario Maker archives and this episode of the podcast, they can go and find my episode and see if they can crawl out of the pit. Because that's the name of my level, the pit. Uh, so uh, that course ID for Super Mario Maker 2 is RTJ... RQSG7G. And if you didn't get that, rewind, listen to it again. <laughs> and go have fun. Yes. See if you can climb out of the pit. Alright. So, Jacob, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? That is the million dollar question. Obviously, we did our short over The Lion King. Yes. Over the weekend. Uh, that was an interesting movie. That was a very interesting movie. Now, you know, having to let it simmer a little bit, there, there's... Was it a fantastic movie, or was it just a complete other bomb? I won't say it's a bomb myself. Yeah. I think there's still... I still have some preferences that steer me towards the original. Right, of course. But it wasn't, wasn't the end of the world. No, it wasn't. But like there was be like they had some really good parts and some really bad parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it got me to wishing we had more two D animation. As a weird way of saying that, yeah, that's true. But overall, so, it, overall, it was a good movie. It yeah. was a good movie. It was enjoyable. Um, you know, like I said, be like there's some good parts that I love, and there's some bad parts I'm not really fond of. Uh, so yeah, definitely go watch it. Uh, I had a friend that was asking, had been asking for the entire week, be like, should I go take my my seven, my 
six, seven-year-old daughter to go watch it. Yes, Brian, go watch the movie. But apparently, each showing in the town he lives in was sold out. <laughs> or at least the 3D version of it is. Don't go watch 3D. Go see 2D. Yeah. 3D is a bane on our existence that should never have existed. Thank you, Avatar. Well, at least Avatar filmed it correctly. Most yeah. people don't even film it correctly. Ah. Uh. But that's a that's a topic for another time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else have you been watching? Let's see. Uh, with San Diego Comic Con had just mm-hmm. was last week. Uh, apparently, DC was a DC. What's what's the app called? DC Universe. Yeah, DC Universe app. Apparently, the DC Universe app is releasing. They released the first trailer for Harley Quinn. I haven't watched the tra- that, that trailer yet, so I couldn't like, I did. tell you anything about it. I did. It was. It looked like a zany, very violent, very bloody, a lot of language, a lot yeah, of I inappropriate did, language. I did hear that it was laden with cursing. Oh yeah, it's definitely very. The butter is. How, how do I say that? The butter is laid on very thick in this in this, in right. this trailer. And so, yeah, be like, yeah, if you're an adult fan of, you know, DC, you know, be like, it might be an interesting season to watch. I probably, I'm, ever since I don't have the DC Universe app, be like, I might watch this someday. If you're a kid, don't watch this movie. Now, with me saying that, sometimes... I thought it was a show. It's a show. You said movie. Well, my apologies. Anyway. Show. I, yeah. I just don't want anyone to be confused. Yeah, that's good. Uh, also... There, there was this little short that I saw. Apparently, it's getting traction. Mm-hmm. And how short this short, this short is, it's just uncanny. How be like how big of a buzz this is getting? It's called Negative Space. It's a short claymation and you know clay claymation short, which is about forty seconds. Mm-hmm. And. What 46 when we get of it, it's like, wow, this is gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful little short. I definitely recommend anybody go and check it out. Uh, you can find it on YouTube or Correction. They put it on Facebook of all places. But you can find weird. it on Yeah, it's it's a weird place to find to uh, put it. But other than that, like I think it's the only thing I've really seen, you know, uh, this week and the past, you know, past week. How about you? Well, Along with our co-viewing of Lion King mm-hmm. and uh, the Star Trek Picard trailer, which yep. is not animated, but I still watched it and thought, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, he he nerded out." Yeah, beyond, just, like, just I, a little. Yeah, I I saw that and I was like, "Okay, that's cool." Okay, I get who that is. I get who that yeah. is. Or as I'm... Back in my mind, I'm thinking, like, Drew is losing his ever-living yeah. mind. Because every five seconds, like... <laughs> <coughs> They're going there! I'm so... You, you might want to reset that, because you coughed. Yeah. <laughs> They're going there! <laughs> I'm still expecting to find out the bulldog that he has in the picture on the poster is going to be name number one. So he, when he lets the dog out, he can set to take care of its business. He can tell it to engage, or no, better yet, 
Well, you need to go take a poop, number one? Make it so. <laughs> oh, the, uh, the turkey jokes. Yeah, no one else is going to get this but me. I understand that. <laughs> Moving on. Breathe, Jacob. Breathe. Oh, gosh. Breathe, Jacob. Breathe. I'm breathing. Other than that, the only other... I have not had much chance to watch much of anything this week, unfortunately. However... This last Sunday, our mutual friend, Chase... Oh, yeah! ...forced us to watch Copcraft. Yeah. It was just the first episode. Yeah. And it was very, very good. I agree. And I left that not thinking, I can't wait for the English dub version to come out so I can... Properly enjoy... Properly enjoy this. And I know uh, dub haters are going to... Say, it's not as good as the original. I still want to see it where I can... I don't have to, I don't have to think too... Uh, saying don't have to think too hard is not what I'm trying to get at. Where I can focus on the story. On what's going on on screen. And not have to keep splitting my attention. Right. But... I kept thinking, I can't wait for that. And then the next day, I happened to be on the Funimation app. Looking for something to watch. So they had the first episode out on dub. I didn't watch it yet. Oh, okay. But I was like, oh, that was faster than I thought. <laughs> so, yeah. I enjoyed the, the animation on that was amazing. Yeah. It's a little, uh, at least in the subtitled version, the language is a little uh, rough, which makes sense. Yeah. I'm assuming the dub is the same. English dub is the same, but uh, it looks good. I'm looking forward to actually getting a chance to watch it. Okay. Well, I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it as well. I did have a little bit of a problem with some of the the, the animation in the film. In the film. The, t- the, the episode? The, the episode. Where there's a scene where the... Where... Our main characters on one ship and our secondary char- our secondary main characters arrives... And the ship, when she comes off, looks flatter than a pancake. There's no depth to anything. It looks like there's cardboard and it's floating by. And what blew my ever-living mind was the opening. The opening yeah. was fantastic. And so you get the zoom, you get the uh, the zoom in into our main character, and there's a static character with no walk motion whatsoever. And he's literally just moving across the scene, and his eyes are moving. That's it. And I was like, "What the heck was that?" So there, there's there's there was little bits of animation here and there I had problems with, and the the fact kind of you if know goes, I can throw in a saving grace. Go for it. In a lot of cases, the way they make animation, right? They are in a lot of cases. Animating the episode up to the very last minute. Right, I agree with that. To the point where, in a lot of cases, they mm. actually reanimate uh, 
go back and reanimate some scenes when he goes to home video. Yeah, which is the hope they do with This that. is probably going to be one of those things. Although I'll admit, this didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Oh, okay. Because I think I'm just used to that being an anime. Oh, okay. Because it's... A lot of times you just have that scene where it's like, well, we didn't get a chance to put a lot of money in this shot. It's just taking care of this one thing. And it's probably a set piece we're never going to see again. Probably. So they probably didn't put a whole lot of money on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It just, it threw me. And plus I was, especially on the boat scene, yeah. I was more trying to figure, I was more trying to spot if I could see where the Mirage Gate, yeah. where which is the world, uh, the where the two worlds came together. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, that's not really a spoiler. You learn about that in like the first five seconds. Yeah. I, I think I was more like, this is an interesting effect. Yeah. To show that. Cause that and it could be that. I don't yeah. know. It'd be interesting to see if that effect is repeated if they ever have to come back here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was It was good. It was very much adult-themed. The very much shady underworld of how, be like... It, it was. It's very geared towards adults. Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah, it's definitely not a kid's show. It's definitely not a kid's show. And, like, yeah, it was enjoyable. I just had those little, little bits here and there animation-wise. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Remind me to show you after we get off, or between the section and the review itself, to show you the uh, early shots from Dragon Ball Super. Okay. You will oh, claw yeah. your head out when I explain that. I've I've, I've heard of the I've heard of those. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so what's in the news? Well, once again, I'm going to go ahead and I, we talked about this at the very end of the reaction episode because I wanted to get it, go ahead and get it out there. Yes. But uh, last Wednesday, which was the... 24, what is that? The 17th. Yes. Uh, July 17th. Ju- July, no, yes, 17th. July right. 17th. Uh, an animation studio in Japan called Kyoto Animation mm-hmm. was the victim of an arson attack. Mm-hmm. In last the last time I looked at it, and I got most of my news from uh, Anime News Network. Uh, the last I heard, there was thirty six fatalities, a lot of injuries, which includes the the art the suspected arsonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kyoto Animation is one of the few, if not the only, animation studio that focuses on hiring women. Yeah. For to uh, for 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 their productions. Yes. Uh, it is sad that this has happened. Yes, I agree. Uh, for those who are wondering what they've done, the, uh, uh, they did the uh, Haruhi Suzumiya series, the uh, um, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya yeah. series, the uh, the series Lucky Star. Uh, Nichi Joe, My Ordinary Life. Um, I should look this up. Uh, a, a movie that actually came out this year called A Silent Voice, which I still will need to watch. Mm-hmm. And if I like it, I may bring it on the show. Yeah. And if you've got Netflix, the anime series of Violet Evergarden yeah. is one of theirs. Uh, this is a studio that puts out beautiful, amazing work almost every time they do stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm just sad to see that this has happened to them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, to kind of follow you up because I, you know, I was looking at um, animationmagazine.com mm-hmm. and they did a little, they did a little cover for it. Uh, apparently, they there's a little more information about the arsonist. Uh, neighbors have reported seeing a man resembling subject, and I'm not going to give his name. Yeah, near the studio on as early as Monday of last week, one of the hosp- hospitalized victims of the arson attack on Thursday. Uh, had sadly passed away from the injuries on Saturday, bringing the total to 34 deaths. I thought it was slipped to 36. Yeah, My apologies. Was, yeah, making the fire one of the most wor- one of the worst mass killings in Japan in recent memory. Well, I did some. One of the other articles I read said that this is the worst since the s- sarin gas attack of the 90s. Yes. There is one other fire that technically killed more people that was suspected for arson, but it was never proved. And overall, these these are the the sarin attack was actually I think this is uh, I think this actually was worse than the sarin gas attack in the nineties. This it's the worst mass murder uh, Japan has seen since World War Two. Uh, and so yeah, I. You know, just let you know, let everybody know our hearts and our thoughts, yes. our thoughts and prayers are with the the victims, their families, and the studio, and everybody connected with the uh, the fire. You know, our prayers are with you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to help, if you want to help, there is actually a way that you can actually help with uh, the you know the vic- the the victims' families, all that stuff. Apparently, there is a GoFundMe account with. Is it Sentai Filmworks? Yes. Yeah, I read they had put one up. Yeah. With Sentai... With Sentai... Sentai Filmworks has put a GoFundMe out, which is... If you look it up, it's help Kyo Annie heal. And you can look that up on GoFundMe.com. And right now, they've raised over 2,838... Two million eight eight hundred and twenty twenty two thousand dollars, and they've succeeded their goals. They've had fifty eight point five thousand people already already donate. There's thousands of followers, and so yeah, this this. Yeah, this the world is showing a lot of love to this, you know. Yeah, especially since a lot of the people probably don't even know who Kyoto Animation is. They're just sad to see these, see any creator of any any artist of any kind, a content creator of any kind get into such trouble. Yeah, I agree because of this arson. Uh, from what I've heard, the owner or the the guy in charge of their uh, the CEO of right. Kyoto Animation right. is talking about. Uh, once everything is said and done, investigations are taken care of. He's wanting to bulldoze the studio and build a park with a monument in its place. Uh, thankfully, Kyoto Animation does have three other studios, and none. I'm not sure if they had anything currently. And obviously, they had to have something in production, right? But I don't know if they had anything currently showing anywhere. Yeah. But I, I would not be surprised if. Most of that uh, work was at least backed up somewhere in one of those other locations, and yeah. hopefully has continued. Yeah, one would hope. Yeah, so because uh, admittedly, I don't 
I, I don't want anything to befall the company just because some guy, anything worse befall the company. Right. Just because some guy thought they were plagiarizing his work, which is what, right. it, which which is the reason the art, the art, the suspected arsonist. Uh, well, that's a theory going around why the suspected arsonist did this. Right. All right. So going from some sad news, something a little bit happier. Yeah, something a little happier. So for those of you out there who were fans of Invader Zim, well, guess what? It's back. Apparently, took long enough. Yeah, it took long enough. Apparently, uh, apparently Netflix on August sixteenth, they will be doing a Invader Zim TV movie. Hmm. Invader Zim into in the Invader Zim enter the. Fl- what? Uh, where is it? Uh, Florpus. Florpus. Enter the Florpus. Enter the Florpus. I have. It's been a long time since I've watched Invader Zim, so I don't know if the Florpus is something that came up before. Okay. But Invader Zim. That, that does sound like a name that would be in that right. show. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Grand Beal. I won't. When I only saw like a little bit yeah. of. Uh, Invader Zim when it came out. I've seen a couple episodes. It was funny. A little bit crude, but funny. Uh, it wasn't any worse than Ren and Stimpy. Oh, no. Of course not. Uh, other than that, there's, I think, there is, you know, this one coming off the top of my head, um, there's a Steven Universe movie coming out on Cartoon Network. Just let people know. Yeah. Uh, and one of the... I would say probably one of the most interesting piece of news out there. It's not really animated per se. It's not animated per se. But apparently, Avengers Endgame has snatched the world record from Avatar. Yeah, it just took re-releasing the movie all across the world again <laughs> to get to get it up that extra little bit. Right. Don't get me wrong. I love Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I want to see it beat Dances with Smurfs. <laughs> right. It's just it's too sad they had to go resort to this tactic in order to pull it off. Right. So right now the movie is at has been boosted to two point seventy nine billion globally. Hmm. And so to give that a little more perspective, give me a moment. All right. So so with Endgame currently standing at 2.79 billion globally, here's what the here's what the rank looks like right now. With Avengers Endgame, Avatar right behind it. Titanic, go figure, because it's James Cameron. Yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World, The Avengers, Furious 7, Avengers. Age of Ultron and Black Panther. There's a lot of Disney on that. Yes, there's a. <laughs> well, yeah, most of the list is now Disney. Yeah, most, of, most of, all except including for, Avatar, including Avatar, except for Lost World. I mean, Jurassic World, Jurassic World. Thank you. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, uh, shall we get into our review of Coco? Speaking of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So, this was my third viewing Hmm. of the film. Uh, The first time I watched it was in theaters. Yeah. 
The second time I watched it was right after I got the Blu-ray. And the third time was now. So, this... I'm not going to say this is my favorite movie of... Was it last year or two years ago? I think it was two years ago. I don't think this one came out last year. No, it came out in 2017. Yeah, so... Two years ago. This, this, I'm not going to say this was my favorite movie of 2017. But I still very much enjoy this movie. Yeah. However, I do believe this was your first viewing. Yes, this was my first viewing. So what are your gut reactions from your first viewing? Oh. Tug at your heartstrings the entire time. So, and of course, people, spoiler alerts. Yes. At what point did you catch who Miguel's father was? Actually, um, was within probably the first couple of minutes of meeting Hector. Really? Yeah. That fast. That fast. Because I didn't catch it until right until they fell in the pit. Oh, okay. Like literally when we found out. Wait, Ernesto de la Cruz isn't his father. But then, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I figured it out because we like when he first met Hector. I was like, oh, okay, this is an interesting character. Why is he here? And it's like, oh, he's 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 a hustler. He's trying, you know, trying to get all this stuff. And then he starts pretending he, to be Frida Carlo. Yeah, and then he's he's you know, like he starts talking with like one of the you know talking to somebody, and some of his dialogues are given away. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. I'm betting he's Miguel's grand great grandfather, and that was just my hunch. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep be like now. It's got to be intrigued. Did you notice that Miguel's family that was in the Land of the Dead, yeah, didn't meet up with Hector until Miguel fell in the pit? Yeah, at no, because they would all know who he is. Yeah, because they all hate him at that yeah. for most of the movie. Yeah, but. Kind of like one of the lines I, I wrote about this, you know, in this review that family is everything, mm-hmm. and this movie is so centered around family. Yes, and and be like when you know you finally get the you know the, the reveal when they want you to reveal that Hector is Miguel's father and mm-hmm. not. Hold on, Ernesto de la Cruz. Ernesto de la Cruz, which I enjoyed his character. But I was like, yes. wait, he's not the grandfather. He's not the great grandfather, especially since. He goes, when you, when Miguel finally catches up with Ernesto, he goes, I have a grandson? You know, he, he can see the brain, his brain thinking, did I, I don't, how can I have a grandson? I didn't have any kids. <laughs> At least I don't know it. That he's aware of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised with how in depth this was of a young man who's just. Like, wants to pursue his passion. Mm-hmm. And Despite the fact his family doesn't. Yeah, very... They very, have been trained away from music. Oh, gosh. The Michacho scene. Or mariachi. The, mariachi, thank you. The mariachi scene. <laughs> she pulls her... Just smack him with it. That was great. Uh, yes. Like, Come on, Grandma, no! Well, one of the things... I, I, on this viewing, I listened with the... Uh, Director's commentary. Oh, okay. On. Yeah. And one of the things they said was uh, with the character of Abuelita, which is the grandmother. Yeah. Which is Spanish for grandmother. Yeah. So if you didn't know that. They 
did not, they wanted her to be, to, they wanted you to feel what Miguel felt towards her. Yeah. But at the same time, they didn't want her to be evil. Yeah. So the way they played it was, it's not that she hates, she's trying to deny him what he wants. She's worried for his soul. Yeah. Because from her point Mm -hmm. of view, music is going to tear your soul out and force you to be like her grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Because like, all, all she heard was horrible things about yeah, the man yeah. that left Mama Coco. Yeah. And uh, her mother. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Grandmama is very, very, but she's very... Grandmama? Oh, wrong character. Sorry. Grandmama's in the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Anastasia. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah, when you know, Grandma is very, she's very overbearing. Yes. She's a very overbearing character. But... Be very like, handy with her shoe. Yes, very. Very, very, very. And you can tell definitely Miguel does not want to become a shoemaker. Yes. He's, he's he very, is totally against his way of thinking. Yeah, he's definitely against his character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that he's he has this passion for music and watching the... Ernesto. Ernesto. Of, you know, watching in Ernesto on recorded VHSs. In the attic of the house where no one can hear yes. him except and, Diego. And the thing is, <laughs> or Dante, Dante sorry, yeah. Or he's a, and he's the a, thing is, if you noticed, he technically has his own ofrenda just for Ernesto. Yeah. At the, in the I, I, saw, I saw that and I was like, oh, so, okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to admit, as a white guy, yeah. an American through and through, knows yeah. very little about Spanish culture. Yeah, I have no idea how accurate this is to the actual Day of the Dead celebration. I know they studied a lot of it. Yeah, but I also know they took a lot of liberties because, well, I know the fluorescent animals that you see. Yeah, all through, I can't remember what they're called. Um, those aren't while those while they sell the little the figures like you yeah. see at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. The that those don't exist in the. The actual Day of the Dead celebration, they're just sold at the same time. Possibly. Around the same time. That's what I remember re- hearing. Okay. So, yeah. They t- they You're t- not going to have a dog and cat magically turn into fluorescent cr- spirit Spirit guides. animals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, like, this movie is so jam-packed full of just amazing moments. Yes. Uh, not to mention, this has some of the best, the most amazing lighting. Oh, yeah, and I agree. Almost any animated thing I've ever seen. Yes. Oh. And the, the, the scene that got me the most was, like, when, you know, Hector is, be like, he's starting to disappear because if no mm-hmm. one remembers you, be like, you're going to fade into nothingness. Yes. Uh, and so Miguel is able to come back to the world of the living and, you know, sing to... Uh, uh, Grandma Coco, mm-hmm. which just tore me up. I'm sitting there be like, like, I'm not crying, you're crying. Okay, I'm living myself. Okay, Casper's crying. But it, it choked me up beyond belief. I'm just, I'm bawling my eyes out with just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's like, so before we get too far into this, I do want to go over that one song. Okay. Remember me. Oh yeah. So I'm going to read the lyrics right quick. Okay. Remember me, though I have to say goodbye. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry. 
Forever, if I'm far away, I'll hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me. Though I have to travel far, remember me. Each time you hear a sad guitar. Know that I am with you, the only way that I can be, until you're, until you're in my arms again. Remember me. me. Wow. Now, throughout the entire movie, it's like, okay, this is great. This yes. is a cool song. But and when, it's obviously the most famous song that Ernesto de la Cruz ever recorded. Yes. But it was never meant to be for anyone else but Mama Coco and uh, Hector. Yeah. yeah. To, well, ha- to hear, because yeah. it was their song. Yeah, it was the song he wrote for her. Right. Be like, when, you, you find it within the context, it's, oh, this makes perfect sense. Yes. It's more of a lullaby yeah, than, uh, well, the party song you see at the beginning of it. Yes. At the beginning of the movie, right before he dies to a bell falling on him. Again. Well, I mean, I was thinking at the beginning. Oh, the beginning, okay, yeah. The first time he dies. First time he dies. Technically, I don't think we see him die a second time, because the only way the sh- movie shows you could die once you're in the land of the dead is, like that, is for people to forget you. Yes. And at the very least, people are going to hate him for a while, so yeah. it's going to take a while for him to be forgotten. Yeah, that's true. He just won't have... He'll just be poor now. Yeah. Because nobody will be offering him anything. Dang, that's true. Oh, yeah. So, let's let's get into a little detail about how, you know, a little more detail about this film. Yeah. And so shall we go through the cast then? Yeah. Uh, well, before that, okay, let's uh, give our audience a little synopsis about this film. Okay. The story follows a 12-year-old boy named Miguel, who ac- who is accidentally transported to the land of the dead. Where by he's, stealing a guitar. Yes, by stealing a guitar. Where he seeks the help of his descendant musical great-grandfather to return him to his family among the living and reverse his family's band on music. In a nutshell. In a nutshell, yes. In a nutshell. Alright, so this movie was released on November... Well, it was released here in the States. Yes. Uh, November 20, 22nd, 2017. But it was released in October on October 20th in during the International Film Festival in Mexico. And I believe that was actually on the Day of the Dead. I believe so. Alright, so the movie had a budget of $175 million. Mm-hmm. Box office internationally and domestically combined, it had $807.1 million. So I'd say this was very much a success. Oh, yes. And this was Pixar... This was Pixar Animation Studios' 19th fully animated feature film. Mm-hmm. So... Miguel was played by Anthony Gonzalez, mm-hmm. and uh, he, being a child actor, yes. hasn't had a chance to really start building up a lot of movies yet, yeah. but I did find that he played a character named uh, Simon Barros on The Last Ship, mm-hmm. and a character named Santiago on Shameless. These yes. are the two biggest roles I could find for him. Yes. Uh, and I'm probably going to mispronounce part of this. Gail Garcia Bernal played Hector. Mm-hmm. 
He played uh, Rodrigo de Souza in the Amazon Prime original series Mozart in the Jungle. Ah. And he is playing Zorro in the upcoming movie Z, which is a new Zorro movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Ernesto de la Cruz was played by Benjamin Bratt. Ah. <laughs> uh. For those of you who are MCU nuts like us, mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange, he played Jonathan Pangborn. Yeah. Uh, in Despicable Me 2, he played El Macho. Yeah. In the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs series, he mm-hmm. plays Manny. Yeah. You know, uh, her cameraman. Yeah. In Law and Order, he played uh, Ray Curtis. Mm-hmm. And in Miss Congeniality, which was the earliest thing I, I know him from, he played Eric Matthews. Right. Uh, Ulana, let me rephrase, Alana Ubach, Ubach, I'm probably saying that wrong, my apologies, played uh, Mama Imelda, which is the great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. The main thing I saw that I recognized was uh, she plays El Tigre in The Adventures of El, uh, El Tigre, The Adventures of Manny Rivera, which was a show on Cartoon Network for a long time. Huh. Okay. Obviously a... Mexican superhero type character. Okay, gotcha. And if you remember a little show from when we were kids that played on ABC, it was a science education show called Beekman's World. Oh, yeah. She played Josie. Oh, One okay. of the assistants. Oh, okay. Now I'm seeing it. Now yeah. I'm seeing it. Okay. And if you like the Legally Blonde series, uh, she plays Serena. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Abuelita was played by Renee Victor. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the show Weeds, which I have not, she played Lupita. Okay. But the thing she had the most credits for was in the old Adams Family cartoon from the 90s. Oh. Where she played a lot of additional voices. Oh, okay. I had to put that on there because I know you loved that show as a kid. Somewhat. I remember it very fondly. Yes. Uh... Papa was played by Jamie Jamie Camille. Mm-hmm. He played Globgar in Star vs. the Forces of Evil, which is on a which is a, a Disney Channel show. Mm-hmm. And in the 2018 Ducktales show, he is Don Carnage. Woo-hoo. Yes, uh, Alfonso Arau played uh, Papa Julio. And if you've ever seen the movie The Three Amigos. Mm. He plays El Guapo, okay. the main villain. Oh, okay. Of that one. Gotcha. Uh, Herbert Seguenza. Probably saying that wrong. Uh, he he played Tio Oscar and Tio Felipe. Ah, the twins. The twins. Uh, in Benton Alien Swarm, he played Vladius, Victor Vladius. Okay. And in uh, the TV show Chuck... Ah. He played a scared revolutionary. Okay. Sometimes I just see these weird names. It's like, well, I've got to mention this because this is funny. Uh, playing the clerk that told them about how to get him yes. back to the day. Of the, back, back. That <laughs> yes. was played by Gabriel Iglesias, yes. a.k.a. Fluffy. He, yes, he, is a, he is a comedian. Yes, and hysterical. Yes. <laughs> uh, he also played in, in the movie Ferdinand. He played Quattro. Mm-hmm. And in Smurfs The Lost Village, which was the last animated, fully animated Smurfs movie, yeah. he played Jokey Smurf. 
Okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lombardo Boyar played both the Mariachi and uh, Gustavo. Got it. Gustavo was the guy in uh, Frida Kahlo's uh, studio during the rehearsal scene. Oh, that yeah. Told them about the uh, the uh, how to how to get up to his place, and they while they were not intended to be related. They pretty much said those two characters are related. <laughs> gotcha. Um, Mama Coco was played by Anna Ophelia Merguia. She played uh, Nana Garcia in Mozart in the Jungle. Okay. But from what I can tell, she is a veteran of Mexican cinema. So oh, she okay. had a lot, and I mean a lot of uh, movies that are credits for Hispanic shows. Oh, okay. I'm not even, I don't know well enough to say how important they are, but I got she is definitely a veteran of Mexican cinema. Got it. Uh, the actress playing Frida Kahlo mm-hmm. was Natalia Cordova Buckley. And I mainly know her as Yo-Yo Rodriguez in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah, gotcha. One of my favorite characters in that show. Gotcha. Uh, Edward James Olmos played uh, Chicharron, which is the guy from the middle of the movie that they got the guitar from before he faced his second death. Oh yeah, that that was a that was a heart wrenching yeah. scene. Uh, along with playing um, Yo Yo's uh, boyfriend uh, or husband mm-hmm. in Agents of Shield. Okay, uh, he was also uh, Gaff. In Blade Run- both in the Blade Runner series, both in the original and in the new one. Oh, really? Yep. And he is Admiral Adama in the Battlestar Galactica remake. That's where I recognize him from. Mm-hmm. And then um, poor Celine Luna played uh, Tia Rosita. And I say poor because she didn't have many roles that I found on there. Yeah. But I had to mention this one odd one. She played a cannibal in Can I Be Your Bratwurst, Please? <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I didn't see anything that was big that I think most people recognize. But I saw that name and it's like, I can't not bring that up. <laughs> nom, 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 yes. Bratwurst. And uh, for those of you who, like me, have no idea who Frida Kahlo is. Mm-hmm. She is actually a very famous uh, Mexican painter from, like, yes. the 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was a communist. But, anyway. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> but, uh, one thing to point out is that while Frida Kahlo was not into performance art, at least while she was living. Yes. <laughs> and according to the movie, she became a performance artist in the land of the dead. I didn't even think of that when I was, I was like, oh, oh, that's her. Yeah. That was a weird movie. I saw, I saw that movie, I think it was in high school or middle school. No, not, not middle school, but like college. I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So. But, so, what about our directors? Uh, Lee Unkirk and Adrian Molina were our directors. Yeah. So, Lee Unkirk directed, or was co-director on Toy Story 2, ah. Monsters Incorporated, Finding Nemo, Toy Story 3, along with... Coco, and apparently he directed one episode of Silk Stockings. 
Wait, silk stockings? Oh, okay. It's a show? <laughs> okay. It's a television show? I remember hearing about it. I gotcha. I didn't watch it. Gotcha. Not in 1993, anyway. Gotcha. So, this is his only director credit was Coco. Yeah. But he also did additional screenplay writing for Monsters University ah. and The Good Dinosaur. Ah, which movie I have not seen yet. That will be fixed. Eventually. I think I'm one of the few people who actually like The Good Dinosaur. Ah. I know a friend of mine uh, also likes it, but... Gotcha. Anyway, so... Uh, let's talk about the skeletons. Okay. What about our, our bony friends? When you think about skeletons... Yeah. Your first thought is is a horror motif. Yeah, you would think. But these are not really scary skeletons. No, they're not. The way they're drawn, they're very, yeah. they're, they're very much the... They come across as friendly. Yes. Friendly and entertaining. Well, it should be, because one of the things they wanted to get across is that the Day of the Dead uh, holiday is not like Halloween, where you're trying yes. to be scared. It's about reconnecting with family. Yeah. So they, outside of, you know, what was obviously a very scary moment when uh, Don, uh, Dante, the dog, Miguel, uh realizes he's seeing walking, talking skeletons. Yes. I'm sorry, that would scare the living daylights out of pretty much anybody. Yeah. Because that must mean you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the way that uh, culture is. Yeah. I can... I can understand. Uh, it, it's amazing how nice it is. How, how, yeah. Because you get... After a while, to some degree, you don't even think of them as skeletons. No, you just think of them as characters. Yes. Unless they pull apart or something like that. Well, like, yes. Oh, and, they're or until, until you look close and you realize, all the ladies now have no waist. <laughs> literally. <laughs> they literally have to tie their dresses onto their backbone. Yeah. So it means all their dresses come down to, what, uh, an inch diameter? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Ugh. I thought that was an interesting. That was an interesting thing I noticed when I was looking at the character design is the fact that all the ladies' dresses are now have an inch waist. Wow! I don't know why that stood out to me. Mm. Yeah, kind of an interesting fact. Apparently, this movie is in production between 2011 and 2017. I can see that some of this I can see taking a while to get fleshed out. Yeah, from what I uh, from what they said in the director's commentary. The moments of uh, Miguel stealing the guitar, mm-hmm. meeting Ernesto, mm-hmm. and uh, there were a couple moments that were in there from the beginning, much such as those two. Yeah. But for the most part, they didn't have this movie really set in stone, per se, until no. like 2015. Yeah, as they were getting really into production, they weren't really. They, they, there were points where the thing he had to keep a hold of was the guitar. Yeah, and the idea was at the end of the movie, Ernesto would destroy the guitar. Yeah, and the family with all their shoemaking to- uh, tools would actually put the guitar back yeah, together and that. use shoelaces as strings. strings. I thought oh, that's an interesting idea. It's a little too complicated. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah. So I'm glad we didn't go that route. Right. Um, yeah, and also apparently they had, be like, 
the they had multiple people come in for mm-hmm. the voice of Miguel. Yes. In fact, uh, the character they started with that uh, back in 2012 when they started the production on the movie, the reason they had to, they wanted to use him originally, but they had to recast him because by the time they got to recording the lines to keep, his voice had changed. Yeah. So I mean, the not I, I say the the first voice the voice they were animating off of yeah so literally Miguel had to match this other guy's performance yeah so that the voices would match unlike how they normal how they would did did the animation with everybody else yeah and apparently they had the original actor come back and do yeah. he has a cameo role as uh at the near the end of the movie uh. He's the one that tells uh, Ernesto, uh, you're on in three minutes. That's right. That's right. Also, I wanted to point out another visual cameo. Yeah. At at this, this, the Sunrise Celebration, the orchestra leader, he's modeled after Michael Giacchino, the composer. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Which it makes it very fitting when after Ernesto has been outed. Yeah. And he does the... Snap, snap. It's like, that's deeper than I think it was intended. Yeah. Just the, it's like, now even the music is turned against you. you. The music of the movie. I think you kind of... Yes. Made a boo-boo. Now, one of the other th- interesting things I found out is the actress who played uh, Mama Imelda. Yeah. In most of the roles she's ever played, she didn't get to sing a lot. Huh. This wasn't part of her character, but she is an excellent singer. Okay. So when they t- uh, told her she was going to get to sing the the song, yeah, she was ecstatic. I can imagine <laughs> that she was actually going to get to sing in a production. So yeah, yeah. When when you when you realize that the family can actually sing, but or at they, least the or at least the great grandmother who yeah. should hate music beyond all yeah you would else's. think. Since it stole her husband. Yeah. And left her alone to raise a child. Mm-hmm. That's so one of my favorite lines there is, So I'm the love of your life? I don't know. I'm still thinking You're about biased. it. <laughs> but you said that it was. That's what I heard. <laughs> it's as very much as a love-hate relationship. Yes. Once they, you know, reconnect, it's like, I want to take a femur and beat you to death again. In many ways... <laughs> I understand it from her point of view. This man left her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know where what happened to him. Other yeah. than when she made it to the land of the dead, he was already there. Yeah. And then, as far as she can tell, he put her grandson in danger. Very true. And from her point of view, it's because he somehow stole his grandfather grandfather's guitar. Because at no point does... Miguel ever say Ernesto's name in front of the family either yeah. as having been who he believed to be his grandfather. He'd yeah. say he stole his grandfather's guitar. Which technically wasn't wrong, yeah, but that's true. If he had thought if if he if he had said Ernesto's name, they could have righted this out a lot faster. Yeah, it was it was very much a confusion and just Yeah, this movie could have been solved very early on. It's yes. like it's like no! They're like, what are you talking about? No, that's not your grandfather. What are you talking about? Crazy? Yeah. I was like, we don't even like that guy. He's 
I mean, yeah, he I knew him. He was he did sing with your father, and if it wasn't for that person, yeah, maybe your father would still be here, but it's still your father's fault. Yeah. <laughs> or your grandfather's fault. Grandfather's fault. So you know the orange flowers that are that are sprinkled throughout this entire building. Yes. They're somehow magic flowers. Yeah. They're not a magic flower from a certain Disney film. <laughs> right. Yeah, they they don't make you, you know, unaged, but this kind of just Guides this the is, dead. <laughs> yes. It is the, the flowers they use in the actual celebration, is my understanding. Yes. Yeah, apparently... I they, don't remember what they're called. Yeah, they are called Aztec Margold. Okay. Yeah, Marigold. Marigold, yeah. Aztec Mar- Margold okay. flowers. And these flowers use traditional of uh, Day of Dead celebration in Mexico to guide the deceased to the living. Mm-hmm. In the living. In the, yes. living, in the living world. But, yeah, how these things are animated, be like, I don't know, be like, how, they never say how many flowers are actually in the movie, but it's, it's got to be a amount. ton. Yeah. A metric ton. Yes, especially just with the bridges between the land of the dead and the land yeah. of the living. Oh, that, that scene in itself is beautiful. Yes. Definitely when Hector tries to cross the bridge. Oh, yes. Know, he, he literally starts sinking into the bridge. Yes. That's why I used that scene for our teaser last week for ah. this movie. Because I ate that and I thought it was funny. Yeah. Anyway. Ah. But yeah, that, I, I loved how those flowers, even when they weren't being imbued with the blessing, mm-hmm. always seemed to glow. Yes. As if there was something otherworldly about these flowers. Now, yeah. admittedly, I have not seen the actual flowers. Yeah. In real life, so I don't know if maybe they have that quality to them already. Yeah, they're orange. Yeah, I know they're orange, but these seem to have an otherworldly glow to them, at least yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Especially once you get to the Land of the Dead, where right. everything's got an otherworldly glow to it. Yeah. Very neon look to it. Well, I think most of the Land of the Dead is very much neon and all yes. that, you know, just very bright. Just thankfully, they aren't strumming. Well... It is nighttime. Yeah, that is true. They do, and for the whole movie, one of the things that's interesting is during the day, mm-hmm. they're in the uh, land of the living in that town. Okay. You, the only time they're at night in the land of the living is right when Miguel steals the guitar. Yeah. And so the rest of the night, they're rest of the movie for most of the rest of the movie, they're mm-hmm. at. In the land, while they're in the land of the dead, it's nighttime until the sunrise celebration. Uh, one of the things I found interesting, at least the effects I, I liked, yeah, is how. And I, I'll admit, the first time I watched this, I did not notice it except for the scenes where they pointed it out to make it obvious that this stuff was happening. Showing Miguel slowly turn into a skeleton throughout the whole movie. Oh, that was genius. At the beginning, you, know, you just see his fingers. He then points out near the end how, you know, he can't, when he's talking to Ernesto, how he can't stay long. Yeah. He can't stay for the sunrise celebration. He's got to get back or he be staying permanently. Yeah. Um, but if you're paying attention, there are a lot of scenes yeah. where, yeah, you're starting to see through Miguel. Yeah. It's not pointed out. It's just there. It's like, oh, he's got a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the very last one where you can start to see his skull coming through his face. Yeah. As he's getting very close. Yeah, that was 
Be like, it's, it's starting to get a little tense there. It's like, okay, you yeah, gotta so, get out of here, kid. Like, yeah, it's like, oh man, it sucks that you're not gonna be able to get his picture back on the ofrenda. But we gotta get you back because you're more important than he is. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of the feeling you get from even them. From, from their fam, from the family. It's like, yeah, we want to save him, but it's more important you get back. Right. And so, I just love how, yeah, we, you didn't get the first picture, but you get all the way to, um, back to Mama Coco. Yeah. You essentially bring her back from whatever aged stupor she's in at that right. point by playing her song. Yeah. That her papa taught her. And she's the one who actually kept the corner of the picture. Yeah. That was tore off. And they were, they were able to get that back on the ofrenda mm-hmm. in order to, uh, so that he survived, essentially, yeah. before she passed. Now, as a photography person, I yeah. want to point out a cool thing. Yeah. Each of those photographs are from a, are a different type of media. Yeah. The one of Mama Imelda, Little Coco, and Hector mm-hmm. is, uh, what is it called? It's essentially been, it was taken with a view camera. Okay, yeah. Which would have been, which is, you know, the one from like the Bugs Bunny cartoon that's got the accordion uh-huh. lens. That's, that's exactly that's, what you're talking yeah. about. Well, I don't know if our listeners know what yeah. I'm talking about okay. when I say view camera. But it is a picture taken with that, so it's, that was essentially the media that was in the camera is what mm-hmm. the picture is. Most of the other pictures you see of the other family members are obviously old black and white fo- uh, point and shoots, mm-hmm. which for a even a semi-rich family that the uh, Rivieras appear to be mm-hmm. is, I can see them keeping a hold of that and that being the family heirloom camera that all everyone's pictures are taken mm-hmm. with. Until you get to when they put Mama Coco's picture on the ofrenda, it is the only one that's in color. It's obviously the only one that's been digitally printed. Gotcha. I know that's a, that's the kind of detail that yeah. most people are going to notice. They're just going to notice, oh, it's a color photograph. Yeah. But there are having a having worked in photo lab and being a photography person myself. Yeah. That was. That is a very, they they put in more detail into that photo of how the photo would reflect yeah. the light of the picture than uh, I'm used to seeing in any kind of, or even in a, in a, even in a live action movie. Yeah. Because in most cases, a live action movie, they just printed it on bond paper and stuck it in a picture frame. That's beside <laughs> the points. Or they superimposed it at a later date, and it's mm-hmm. obviously it doesn't look right because it's obviously a digital a digital picture yeah. superimposed, and it's not printed on the paper. That picture of Mama Coco at the end is painted. Or not painted is print. Looks like it was printed. Wow, at least to, for, to my eyes. Okay, I didn't see that. Maybe I, I was wiping my own tears away from my eyes. Maybe so. I'll admit. This is something I noticed on this viewing. Yeah. And I was kind of 
laying in front of my television about as far away from the television as I was from you. Okay. So, obviously, I did not notice this when I was in the theater. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. So, maybe it's just because I was that close and I could see a little bit more of the detail Mm -hmm. on my 1080p screen. Yeah, I wish I had 4K, but I can't afford 4K, and this is not a 4K rip of the movie I have anyway. So, that was just one of those little details that I I really liked. I gotcha. Now, I do have one question before I let you have the mic back. Gotcha. Did you stay until the end of the movie? Yes. After the credits? Yes. So you saw the digital ofrenda that Pixar put up of all the people uh, that were influences in their lives? Yes. Including, if you're looking in certain places, Steve Jobs and Walt Disney. Are in, I have pictures in that. I did I did recognize that. I yeah. did recognize that. That was, that was good. Yeah. I just thought that was... I didn't realize it was coming when I first saw the movie yeah. in theaters. I always now stay till credits because yeah. Marvel has trained me to do so. Yeah. Even though I know half the time nothing's going to happen. Right. But that moment actually choked me up more than I think most of the rest of the movie. Really? I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it was pictures of real people. Yeah. And I knew every single one of the people in those pictures mm-hmm. had passed. Yeah. And I knew the sentimentality that went into putting those pictures in a medium that is not going away. Yeah. It's it's semi-permanent, as long as computers are going to be around and the movie files kept up to date mm-hmm. and they re-release this. That's... Knowing what the movie was showing with the ofrenda, that, and that that was essentially a digital ofrenda... Kind of, I don't know, it choked me up a little bit. I got you. That's good. Be like, yeah. be like, I watched it and I was like, wow, it's really good. And it's like, oh my. Okay. There's a lot there's of jobs. people in. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people in there, and there are people I understand why they're in there. Yeah. A lot of them are people, are um, the animators, or the people who work at Pixar. It's yeah, specifically people, their family members. Yeah. But they also put in people like. Walt Disney and Steve Jobs, the people who were instrumental in yes. forming Walt Disney mm-hmm. and people instrumental in forming Pixar. Gotcha. Because let's face it, they're never going to put Lasseter up there since he shot himself in the foot. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Either way. So, kind of speaking of Pixar. Yes. I think we kind of forgot to mention a certain Pixar uh, reoccurring actor who appears in all their yes, films. Yes, I did not bring up John Ratzenberger because I forgot who he was. <laughs> uh, so, nice you bring that up. So, apparently in this film, he plays a ghost called Juan Ortodonia. Ortodonia. Yes. Oh, he's... Okay. Yeah. That is the one right before Hector, dressed as Frida Carlo, uh, goes through the turnstile It has the braces... Skeleton with the braces? I think so. I think that's who that's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, he, he plays a skeleton who's allowed to cross over the land of living because his dentist, dentist remembered him. Rem- put it remembered him. Brenda. It's like, yes! <laughs> you must really know your dentist. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Uh, so, probably... So, for those of you who don't know who John Ratzenberger is... Yes. Uh, he has been... Pixar's Lucky Charm since uh, Toy Story. Yes. And has appeared, at least in a cameo, in every 
Pixar movie yeah. since the first one. Yes. As just as an yeah, he of course played Ham, the mm. piggy bank in yes. the toys, all four Toy Stories. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He played um, the Underminer in both Incredibles yes. movies. Yes. Um. Lots of different characters. I can't think of all of them. But where he got famous was on the television show Cheers, where he played um, Cliff Clavin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love me some Cliff. Oh, yeah. He's the uh, he's uh, Lightning Queen's uh, travel trailer in yes. uh, a, a, a travel rig in uh, Cars. Mm-hmm. To the point where they even have a joke about... You know, they, they they started doing uh, in the end credits. They have a lot of jokes about them remaking toy uh, Pixar movies in, with, but with cars. So it's like toy car story. Yeah, and they're, they're all at the drive-in watching the movies. Yes, and he starts commenting how all these characters are essentially the same actor that they keep reusing, <laughs> and of course they're all his characters. He's commenting yes. on yes. We'll have to get uh, to Cars eventually, even though it's not my favorite Rats, franchise. Ratzenberger. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. And so, and then we can't, we cannot leave without talking about Dante. Dante, dog. yes. I could not find who played him. We'll just assume it's Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, actually, I don't Mr. Welker, if you did I him, don't. congrats. <laughs> oh, to be honest, I don't think we actually heard Dante even bark or yip. Yeah, we did. It was very like, subtle. Yeah, very, very like we heard him whine a lot. Yeah, whine. But I believe he's a uh, shoujo dog. I believe is how you pronounce that. Yeah, shoujo. Yeah, it shoujo is. Dog. It is essentially big chihuahuas. Yeah, pretty <laughs> they much. They are a common Aztec dog. They yeah. are street dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, the don't have the back teeth, so their tongues actually do that. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. according to what I understand about these dogs, be like, they're uh, a native breed to Mexico. Mm-hmm. They, you know, their they're, they're trademarks would be like the lack of fur and rough and rough skin. Yes. And due to the genetic trait, apparently they lose their teeth, as a result, their tongue flops out the mouth. Yes. And when they, apparently when the, you know, producers and the artists went down to Mexico, yeah. they these dogs saw were everywhere. Oh, right. So, of course, well, we got to put one of them in the movie. Oh, Dante. Dante. Miguel needs a friend mm-hmm. that will follow him between the land of the living and the land of the dead. Let's make Dante. Yeah. <laughs> so, why is Dante called Dante? My first thought is, Dante is the writer of... Divine Comedy, which most people know at, know only the first half of it, which is called Inferno, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Dante's Inferno. Inferno. Exactly, and you are correct. Yes. Which is about hell. Yes. Or the underworld. Yes. As is more commonly called, which is the land of the dead. Yeah. Or it's really, I guess, the land of the dead is more purgatory? Something like Kinda, that. Kind of, sort of. I mean... I did see uh, Abulita cross herself at one point. Yeah. So obviously they're all Catholic, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The. It's like yep. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go into the Divine Comedy, but that's the wrong. This is the wrong podcast for that. I don't want to go into the Divine Comedy because I hate the Divine Comedy. <laughs> 
personally. Yes. And no, it is not called Dante's Inferno. <laughs> the first one is generally called that one. It's separated from the other two. Yeah. But there's actually a lot more to the book than just, you know. And there was a video game called Dante's Inferno, which yeah. is based on Inferno. Mm-hmm. I didn't play it. Yeah. Because it looked like it would give me nightmares. Probably. <laughs> and just for the record, be like, there's Don't no play game. the game, people. Yeah. Especially if you're a kid. Yeah. And there are no nine levels of hell. <laughs> as far as we understand. My understanding is it's one big lake. Yeah, exactly. That you never escape from. from. Also, purgatory, I don't believe exists either, but that's just a personal opinion. Yeah. Or personal belief yeah. based on uh, Protestant upbringing. Yeah. And what the Bible says. Exactly. So. Anyways. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Now that we've offended a lot of people. <laughs> Some people. So, um, I forgot what I was going to bring up. Oh, I do know what I was going to bring up. The guitar playing. Oh, yes. movie. Yes. I don't play guitar myself. Right. However, my dad does. Yeah. He plays a lot. Now, he doesn't play Spanish guitar. He plays bluegrass. Ah. But I've been around guitars enough to be able to spot... When people claimed they're playing the guitar and really aren't, mm-hmm. and people who are actually playing the guitar. Yeah. The- they studied very well. Yes, they did. Finger positions, s- strumming techniques. That mm-hmm. really did look like all of the people who played the guitar in this movie, which yes. admittedly is mostly just Miguel, yeah. but also Hector. And, um, well, and many of the people at the, the mariachi, yes. uh, all the people at the, uh, talent show, they all look like they're actually playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, is more important. detail than I expect for an animated movie. Yes. Yes. I mean, like, that was phenomenal. Be like, you know, again, someone who does play guitar, but understands, be like, you know, how, how it, ever all that works. Yeah. It's like. Wow, that is a lot of detail, a lot of creativity, a lot of time to put into just, you know, you know, but the right, there is the right string. But it right is, is the kind of thing, though, when you've been around it a lot. Yeah. And you can tell somebody's faking, it can be an annoyance. Yeah. And with animation, half the time I assume people are faking everything. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that. The animation is so spot on to, I, I'll admit I couldn't tell you one fingering from another. Yeah, but all the fingerings looked accurate to my eyes. Yeah, it was just that sort of detail that I really appreciated. Yeah, that kind of that reminds me of a story. Of I went to a concert. Why didn't go to a concert? I went to, uh, I was I was a youth intern at one point for the youth at our church. And we went to Super Summer, and they had a big-time uh, Christian artist there who was really popular at the time, and he still is. Uh, and he played one of, like one of the big songs they they played, I think it was like that year or the year before, from the Passion Conference. Mm-hmm. And he goes into it, and you can definitely tell he is not playing that electric guitar. Because it's more really like, he's, he's way up here, and you hear the notes yeah. down here, and... 
my fellow intern is like, he is not playing that guitar. And I'm like, you're right. You're right, Spencer. (laughs) That is a prop. Yeah, that is definitely a prop. And that's annoying. Yes, that is. (laughs) Because how is that any different than uh, when What's-Her-Name, on Saturday Night Live, I can't remember the, the, the person's name. You know the one I'm talking about where she, the, the, the audio engineer started playing the wrong song and she was singing the song she thought she was supposed to be singing or so. mouthing along. It was obvious she's not singing. Oh, okay. I can't remember who the person was. It was back, not, it was like 10 years ago. Oh, okay. It was a big thing on the internet. I just can't think of her name. Oh, okay. I don't know. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in years. <laughs> I wasn't watching it, but it was every everyone was talking about. It. Oh, okay. I'll look it up right oh, quick. I'll right probably on. say the person's name, and you'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, Amy Schroeder? No, this was a supposedly the musical guest. Oh, okay. Ashley Simpson. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley Simpson got caught lip syncing on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And it pretty much ruined her career. Yeah. Considering well, I don't even know what Ashley Simpson ever sang, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Well, also, they've also caught Beyonce Knowles lip singing a lot. Yes, but she was still allowed to be Nala. Yeah. But. And apparently, I was when I was looking that up, uh, our future Ariel yeah. was caught lip syncing. Oh, really? On, on SNL. Oh, wow. Well, I can understand because. Or they think, they, they think she was lip syncing. Oh, okay. Well, uh, more recently, be like Garth Brooks was caught lip syncing at one of the performances. And I'll give Garth Brooks a little bit of a slide because he's put in his due. He can't. I mean, when you've been sing- when you've been around that long and singing, I would expect your voice to be almost hoarse all the time. Well, also that he was doing he was doing uh, at the time he was in the middle of a four year touring schedule. Yeah, and it was more like okay. And they, if we're they, being and if yeah. we're being honest, yeah. While any, all of us would hate to believe this, yeah. Probably every single one of these performers and a lot of nights lip syncs to a yeah. Song they, oh, I agree. Probably not even hearing live music half the time. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, some of them are. I mean, you. They're let's face it; they have to lip sync for the music video anyway. So yeah, that's true. It's not like they aren't skilled at doing that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's annoying when you notice it. So I agree. Now, kind of on the flip side, uh, you remember the band Matchbox Twenty? I know of them. I can't tell you if I know any of their songs. Okay, this was back probably the mid nineties mm-hmm. or yeah, the late nineties. Let's not even say that. We were watching MTV VH1, one of those when it was still music videos. Yeah, and so apparently they put on a uh, Matchbox Twenty live. Mm-hmm. And Rod Thomas, obviously being the lead singer, be like, they're playing it, and I'm hearing Rod Thomas, and I'm like, wait, this sounds terrible. <laughs> like, absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, he sounds really good on the record. What's going on here? Yeah. Because <laughs> be like, you have some performers, be like, they sound really good in the studio, they mm-hmm. sound terrible live. Yeah. Now, granted, he could have gotten a lot better. In between that, but that really rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, I was expecting this, not that. Yes. Either way. Do you have anything to add before we start giving a rating? Uh, I, th- I think we dive deep in this, so I think we should you know, okay. start rating it. 
So I will say that this is definitely family friendly. Yes. Everyone can watch this. It's a classic Pixar. And if you have any interest in music, I highly, highly suggest watching this movie. Yes. Even if it's not your style of mm-hmm. music. Look at the heart behind this and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, this film is definitely family friendly. It's got like so much Hispanic influence. Mm-hmm. The music is just fantastic. Yes. And uh, for someone who had, you know, has gone to Mexico once, be like, it has that entire feel of mm-hmm. what Mexico is like. And not, you know, not the, uh, some people want to like, oh, let's just run down and everything. It's like, yeah. it's just the culture. It's the yes. culture and the family and the, you know, the commodity, not commodity, but the, you know, the community base mm-hmm. of all that. And it just has that feel. It's a wonderful, yes. amazing feel. I agree. So what would you give the film? I'm going Rating to wise. give it a uh, eight. Eight even. Eight even? Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I would agree completely. It is uh, very well done. It is probably, it's not Pixar's best. Because it's going to take a lot in my mind to beat uh, Incredibles and uh, Toy Story 3 and the beginning of Up. Yeah. <laughs> I like how I specifically have to say the beginning of the Up. The beginning of Up, yes. The rest of Up is good too. It's just the beginning is spectacular. Yeah, the first 10 minutes uh, is like, and, oh my and, gosh. And the first half hour of Wall-E. Yeah. Um, but it is still one of their best ones, one of their good ones. Uh, it's, it was one of the best movies I saw of 2017. Even if I don't consider it the best movie I saw in 2017. I'm not just talking about animated. I'm talking top to bottom. Um, one of the best. Uh, so yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that, on your rating? Uh, what is your rating and what are your thoughts on My rating is going to be an eight. It's mm-hmm. a solid eight. Amazing film. Uh, technical animation character story it's all top notch it's definitely one of those very you know power hitting mm-hmm. disney pixar films and i thoroughly enjoyed it i really wish i would have saw it in theaters but yes you know you, you live you live and learn indeed and you enjoy it on blu-ray uh so also indeed <laughs> uh so that brings us to the end of another episode of the Cellcast. yes now, for the first time in three, forever. four weeks. Yeah, or forever. Well, a mo- two, two months from our point of view. <laughs> yes. Um, we are finally able to roll on a new movie. Now, uh, in doing some research and getting ready for this episode, it came to my attention that Digimon the movie has been on the list if not six times, it's very close. It's, it is the oldest one on our list currently. I gotcha. So I went ahead and decided to go ahead and have Digimon the movie expand into four. So we will not be adding a new movie to the list this week. However, we do need to roll on what's already on the list. So, okay. so sitting Digimon at number one. Digivolt? Possibly. Uh, sitting at number one, we have Prince of Egypt. Yes. Number two is Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. 
Number three is The Little Mermaid. Uh-huh. Number four and five is Digimon the Movie. Mm-hmm. And sitting at number six is Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro. Lupin the Third. Since Coco was my movie. All right. You will get to roll. Thank you. Roll again. <laughs> Darn you. <laughs> Has to stay on the table. Four. Digimon the movie. Digimon, <laughs> this is, this is also the third time we've rolled four. <laughs> Let's double check. There is only one four on here. Isn't <laughs> yes. there? Yes, there is. I may have to get new dice. Uh, <laughs> I've got two others I can get a hold of easily. So, that means next week we will be recording Digimon Digital Monsters. The movie. The movie. And we'll find out if indeed Digimon truly are the champions. So, uh, where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook, uh, Jacob B. Heron, and also you can follow me, including on Facebook, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I draw and doodle and sketch and just do all kinds of movie art drawings. So, if you like art and, you know, what, like watching artists progress into something beyond what they were before, come check me out. All where, right. Where can they find you, Drew? They can find me also on Facebook under Drew Dodgen. Also, look for my uh, Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin, to see pictures I have taken. Uh, I am probably going to get out this weekend. In other words, while you are listening to this, hopefully, and take some more pictures, as I have not added any since I did that. And I'm starting to feel the pho- the photographer's bug biting. I so, gotcha. uh, look forward to that. Um... You can find both of us at the Cellcast Podcast mm-hmm. at uh, dot. Let me back up. You can find both of us at the Cellcast dot Podbean dot com. Mm-hmm. Email us at the Cellcast Podcast at gmail dot com, or find our Facebook group. It is the Cellcast. It is a closed Facebook group, and it's set up that way to keep the robots out. Because uh, let's face it. As much as we love movies, we don't need them being sold to us at cheap prices when we're just trying to talk about them. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, every time we say the word, the Cellcast, that is with a single oh, yeah. L. So, uh, oh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. Why is it Google Play is always the one that leaves my mind? Once we actually write a script for this, well, hopefully we remember it more often. Yeah. Uh, also, probably within the next week or so, I'm going to be doing some more updating to the website. Okay. So that you can actually subscribe to us from the website on the podcast app of your choice. Awesome. Once I remember how to do that. <laughs> so, or at least find a link to it. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, this has been Drew. And we will catch you in the next front. Reggie, where are we? Like the Like Scooby Wiggle and the Dead. Really? Yes. Rice! Like Rice goes run! Next 
other Digi-Destined so their Digimon can help too. Hi, this is Tai Kamiya. Can I speak to Joe, please? A test? He's the only kid I know who volunteers for summer school. Hi, is Nat or TK there? They're visiting the grandmother in the country? Hey, Ty. Any luck yet? Would you like a glass of potato juice, Izzy? Great, I'd love some. Be there, 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 be there. Oh, hello there. This is Ty. You're selling ties? No, my name is Ty. I'm looking for Matt or TK. That's a coincidence. Those are my grandkids' names. That's great. Are they there? Mm -hmm. Right now? Mm -hmm. Can I talk to them? Oh, I love to talk to them, too. They're here visiting Please, me. I need to speak mm -hmm. to them right away. Okay, I'll tell them. Kids! Uh, I, uh, I can't take this. You know, Izzy, I can never get tied to try any of my recipes. I think they taste great. Want to try my spinach cookies? I got Mimi's machine. Hi, it's Mimi. I'm so glad you called. Let's get together for lunch. Leave a very short message after the beep. Mimi. <sighs> that girl loves to talk. You're a real natural in the kitchen, just like me. <laughs> Mom, I need to get a hold of Kari right away. Did she take your cell phone with her? So do I have enough of this stuff? It's me. It's the first time I've used flour to bake a cake. Mom! Of course she's got it in case of emergency. Emergency? What does she think this is? Happy birthday! Happy <laughs> <Make a> wish! <laughs> Call them back. I can't come home. You don't understand. The magician's coming over later and I already volunteered to be sawed in half. Whatever. Just tell the half with feet to run home soon. Hey, Izzy. Huh? I can't get anybody on the phone. I want you to call Sora for me. But you and she are really good friends. It makes more sense for you to call. Just do it! Ah! Are more friends coming over? I'll make three bean salad. <sighs> Nobody's coming over, Mom. Oh, that's all right. I only have two beans anyway. I'm sorry Sora's not home, but I'll tell her to call Ty's house as soon as she gets back. Oh, hold on. She just walked in. I'll put her right on. Sora, I think Ty wants to speak to you. I'm not home. But I already told him you're here. Then make something up. I don't care what you tell him. But, Sora, I... I'm sorry, but you have the wrong number. Goodbye. Sora said she's not home. Hmm. Did you two have an argument? None of your business. You must have been a real jerk if she doesn't even want to huh? talk to you. I didn't do anything! Uh, I meant that in a good way. I can't believe she's still mad at me. This whole thing started over a lousy hair clip. He'd better have written me. Greetings. You have no new mail. Okay? No, it's not okay. Stupid tie. Thank you for visiting. Yeah. .com. Miko, get down from there. Huh? Agumon and Tentomon should be on the internet by now.